Okay, it is go time. I am so, so ready to share this with you. This has been a long time coming. I want to thank you, thank you, thank you, first of all, for tuning in, subscribing, and sharing my podcast. It has been an amazing year. Super excited to have launched this Soul Shack Sister podcast and so excited to know that we're going into season two. And season two is all about recover and rise. 2020 has been an amazing year. It has been a crazy year. And with that, I thought, what a great way to end it with a little rock bottom to summit talk and share with you my goals for the next year and what we have going on. And what that is, is all about sharing and caring with you. I have some amazing women lined up for podcasts going into next year where they're sharing their uh, rock bottom to summit journeys and sharing how they recovered and rose above the challenges in their life from all different walks of life, all different struggles. And um, I just can't wait to welcome them to you. And the series is still going throughout. So if you have a story that you want to share, please feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to hear it and I'd love to share it because we all have a message that needs to be heard. And uh, I'm here to help you make that happen. So I'd like to first start off by saying that I am in no way claiming to have reached my summit. I'm far from it. To be honest, I've only just begun. Every day that I wake up, my peak rises just a little higher. However, I can say with 100% certainty that I am well on my way and that every day that I am blessed to open my eyes, I have reached a new summit within. Because you see, it was just a few short years ago that I was ready to throw in the towel and end my journey and my relationship with myself. I had given up the climb, and I was about to surrender to defeat. No joke. I was done. I was waving that white flag. I was done. I had hit my rock bottom, that rock bottom that we hear too much about from others, but never thinking it would be you, right? But after years of climbing that jagged mountain in search of a better way, I found myself at the bottom of it. I was broken, beaten, bleeding, hurting, and wondering how, how the hell did this happen to me? How, how could I have allowed for this to happen to me? I, I was a fighter. I was a survivor. I was a go-getter, a doer, a believer, a dreamer. I never wanted to give in to excuses or believe that my circumstances could prevent me from being the best version of myself. I just was always running and gunning and couldn't believe for a second that I was at the bottom, standing naked and afraid in an unfamiliar shower at a mental hospital staring at the water and my life go down the drain. It was in that shower that for the first time in my life, I had honestly felt alone and scared. Because before then, I was always able to find a way out. I was always able to find a way over, around, under, through. I 
I would just figure it out. I was always able to find a way, a way to avoid and run and hide and a way to escape my truth. And even that dark day when I was ready to say goodbye, I was once again finding a way to avoid my truth instead of face it. And I thank God every day that he didn't let me. It was in that shower that I came face to face with my truth. I cleansed my soul and once and for all put down that shovel and stopped digging. For the first time in my life, I was honest with myself and admitted I needed help. I admitted it out loud to myself and to others that I needed help. I admitted that I was, in fact, an alcoholic. An alcoholic that I had tried so hard to avoid becoming. An alcoholic that I was determined never to be. Alcohol abuse runs in our family. And it was one that I've seen and never wanted to experience for myself in my own home or for my children to ever see or witness. But there I was. An alcoholic battling depression and anxiety. There I said it. It's true. And for a brief moment, I let that darkest, darkest thought enter my conscious mind. A thought to let it all go. But it was in surrendering in that shower and surrendering in that darkness that I was able to finally see my light. And when I got out of that shower, um, yeah, I had a different outlook. It's crazy when you surrender. Some people think surrender as giving up, as losing, as being weak. But for me, when I surrendered... I felt so free and strong. I felt the shackles break. I felt hopeful. I was no longer afraid to speak my truth. And for the first time, I allowed myself to feel and accept my truth and speak my truth in a way that it didn't bring me shame. It brought me peace. And as I share it with you today in this podcast, my hope is that it will help you speak yours too. You see, we're all fighting something or avoiding something at some point or another in our lives that makes us feel weaker and slowly dims our light. And my mission is to help you surrender to the darkness within so that you can finally see yours And start speaking your truth and owning your space on your climb to the summit. Now I should throw in a little disclaimer here that what I'm about to share could get a little dark and messy and possibly full of triggers for those struggling with addiction. But this podcast isn't titled Rock Bottom to Summit for no reason. There is a light at the end of the tunnel and I promise you it's not a train. I've heard it said many times that our rock bottom only needs to be as deep as we dig. Yet for some reason, I saw that as a challenge. 
to just keep digging instead of putting down the shovel at the first boulder I hit. So for the sake of time, I'll not go as far back as the first hole I dug, but I'll, I'll take you back to maybe the last few. At that point, and at this point now in my life, right? <sighs> at this point in my life where I'll take you, I had officially turned to drinking as my solution to all my problems, not wanting to admit that it was the cause for almost all of them. I know it to be true that drinking is only the symptom but when you are in active addiction, it becomes the symptom and the cause for so many of our troubles and struggles. And let me tell you, mine were no joke. At this point in my life, I had been divorced twice. I had been in two treatment facilities, was hiding wine boxes in bushes at my house, and fighting to keep my kids from turning against me for good. I had been fired more than once for drinking on the job. My fiancé, now husband, had to hide my car keys, take my debit cards, and basically lock me up at home in efforts to keep me from drinking. But sadly, that didn't stop me. Sadly, when an alcoholic wants to drink, they'll find their drink. I would Uber to the store or walk. I'd buy more than I thought was enough to get me through and stash the rest away for another day. Another day being later that day. Let's keep it real. Who was I kidding, right? Why he stayed with me through it all still blows my mind. To this day, I still am in awe of that man. Yet he did. He never gave up on me. And I don't doubt for a second he is one of the many reasons I am sober today. He believed in me when I couldn't believe in myself. And he wasn't the only one. I had many friends who did, but unfortunately... It takes more than the love of others to get you to surrender. Even God himself wasn't enough. And believe me, he tried. I'll never forget the day. I remember it like it was yesterday. I had been drinking, shocker, and I was feeling sorry for myself and talking to anyone that would listen about how messed up my life was and what was going on in my life that day and what person, place, or thing kept getting in my way. I called a girlfriend to cry about my struggles and ask her to pray for me. If I could find anyone to sign off on my bullcrap, I was still in the game, right? So she answered my call and she prayed that God would answer mine and save me from the shackles I had become accustomed to wearing. As she prayed, I cried and I cried and I cried. Even though I didn't really want to quit drinking, I knew that I did want to stop feeling so powerless over my life. I was crying so hard that I couldn't see and I had to pull over. So I did. And I got out of my car and I lit a cigarette and I smoked my cigarette crying, talking to her on the phone as a gentleman came walking up to me and he asked me if I was okay and of course I said yes I'm fine I'm just having a bad day I'm fine which in AA speak means I'm effed up insecure neurotic and emotional apparently his reply no you're drunk and I'm a cop and you're going to jail yes I just so happened to pull over on the side of a road right in front of a cop's house 
Immediately, my fight or flight kicked into full gear and I instantly went into survival mode, of course, right? I begged him to not call the police and instead to call my fiance, who was just down the street. After much pleading and begging, he did call my fiance to come and help me as well as the police. I found myself standing alone next to my car while my fiance, the cop, and several police officers talked about my fate. The next thing I remember, as I'm pretty sure I had a brownout, that's like a blackout, but not as dark for those non-AA listeners out there. I was sitting on the floor of his living room with my fiance as they were talking about getting me into treatment. You see, he wasn't any old cop. He was like the cop, like the cop that helps everybody get into treatment, right? Who raises money and gets scholarships for people that are suffering with addiction, get the help that they need. Yeah, I pulled over in front of that guy's house. The next thing I knew, I was on a plane headed for LA to spend a month at one of the best treatment centers in California on a scholarship because you knew I couldn't afford it. You see, I wasn't lying when I said God tried to help me. You can't make this stuff up, you guys. For the next month, I went to counseling sessions, drum circles, meditation and qigong sessions. I learned all about kundalini. I journaled, even found my spiritual path. Yet even that wasn't enough for me to put down the shovel at that point. No, I kept believing I was stronger than the wine box that kept calling me day in and day out. I kept telling myself that this time, this time it would be different. That I could do it this time with my new spiritual practice and God and AA. But none of it was enough. Not the love of my children, my soon-to-be ex-fiance if I didn't put a cork in it. None of it. None of it was enough. I was spiritually, emotionally, and financially bankrupt. No amount of downward dogs or namastes or hello, my name is Tanya and I'm an alcoholic could prevent me from cashing out on what left I had of my life. So there I was. I was stuck in this mental hospital, staring at a white wall while a doctor prescribed me drugs for depression and anxiety and sent me on my my merry way home. I know my fiancé wasn't keen on picking me up at this point, and I don't blame him. Because just a few days ago, the wreckage I had left behind me I'll have to admit, wasn't pretty. When I say I took the rock bottom challenge, I meant it. Just two short days prior was my son's high school graduation that I was too drunk to attend. The next day was his birthday, and I was in a mental hospital calling him from my room. I'm pretty sure my fiancé had kicked me out that day as he called my sponsor to tell her that I could be found under the Ballard Bridge if I didn't kill myself first. But instead, he came. He came not knowing who he was going to get when he got there. If it weren't for the love he has for my children, he may have just kept driving, but he didn't. And luckily for me, I had an awakening like no other in that shower that transformed my perspective on everything. I knew that if I was going to change, I would have to change the way I looked at life. I needed to stop living other people's lies 
and start living my truth. I had to admit to myself, to God, and anyone else that mattered that I was broken, scared, afraid, but willing. Willing to be honest and show up for myself and that little girl inside that was fearful and hurting. I needed a complete makeover and an honest program dedicated to self-love and healing. I had to face the demons that blocked my light and fight the evil that does exist if you welcome it. I needed to connect to my soul and find my true purpose and dharma. I always knew I was made for more, but feared what that more was. I've heard it said that our biggest fear is fear of success, and I always thought that was crazy. But now, I truly believe it. When we live in the dark, we fear the light. But it's in that darkness that light is born. And when we can reignite our light within, we can truly transform. So that is exactly what I set out to do. I sat in the dark. I sat in the dim and I let the feelings in and I accepted them all. I gave them their place and their space and their time and then I let them go. I let go of what no longer was serving me and I questioned everything. I questioned all my beliefs about who I was and the life that I was living and how I was receiving and showing up for it. And I challenged my fears daily. I dared to be me, unapologetically me, real, raw, 100% me. I started small with one positive commitment to myself after another and another that eventually turned into a new normal. Anything that I had on my heart or dreamed of doing, I was going to do it. I didn't care if it was perfect or perfect timing, or everything was just set up just the way it was meant to be. I was ready. I just wrote in my dream journal and did it. It was in those little wins that I grew my confidence and started looking forward to tomorrow. I went back to school to obtain my BA in Ayurveda, I became a yoga instructor and health coach and started my own community of Soul Shack Sisters. I created this podcast to build my platform to share this message of hope, healing, and recovery in any and all areas of our lives, not just drinking. And I finally started writing my book, It's Not About the Banana. I found my purpose and my calling, my dharma. I've learned that the nature of life is to grow, and if we're not growing, we are dying. And for me, that was 100% fact. It was in finally facing my fears and doing it anyway that I started to build a foundation to grow from. The more things that we have to look forward to, the more we look forward. Before I knew it, I had a year of sobriety under my belt and was well on my way to two years. Then we rang in 2020 and everything stopped. COVID took us all out before we even had a chance to see it coming. Like seriously, what's up with the toilet paper, you guys? Suddenly, my happy, joyous, and free lifestyle was being compromised. 
I found myself falling out of my routine and quickly reverting back to fear-based thinking and behaviors. I fed into the hype and became obsessed with all things I could not control. Until one day I found myself in an ambulance staring up at two strange men on the way to the hospital. I had suffered a seizure. Yeah, a seizure. I had never in my life had a seizure, let alone symptoms of one. I was in the best health I had ever been in. I was working out daily, eating a plant-based diet, I didn't drink, and I had quit smoking. How could I have a seizure? Of course, we had all the tests done, all the tests you could possibly think of, the MRIs and the MRAs and the CAT scans and the ultrasounds and the heart monitors, I mean, all of it, right? And the blood tests and the only thing that came back was my potassium was low, which we linked to leaky gut. It really is a thing. (laughs) But other than that, I was healthy. Or was I? You see, I realized that I was doing all the right things on the outside, but looking in, I was neglecting my needs. This is where the self-love and self-care are so important to our overall health and well-being. I realized that in order for me to thrive, I had to start putting myself first. You can't give what you don't have. And I was running on empty. And second, you need to stop focusing on things you can't control and start focusing on things you can. I knew that if I didn't start taking back my power, I was destined to lose it again. It's amazing how the game changes when you stop playing it. From that moment on, I made a vow that I would never compromise or break another promise to myself. I stopped listening to the news and outside influences on any topic other than positivity and solution-based thinking. And I stopped playing with my life and started living it. Which leads me to this final podcast. My final podcast of 2020. One of experience, strength, and hope. One of the best years of my life. As I wrap up this year and look forward to all that 2021 has in store for me, I am filled with gratitude and full of love. I have never been more excited to live than I am at this very moment. Because I know that I have the power to be happy, joyous, and free every day I choose to be. And so do you. My vision for you is clear. Stop living other people's lies and start living your truth. And if you don't know what that means, I'll give you the summed up version until you can read it in its entirety in my new book. It's not about the banana. It means that most of what we think and feel about ourselves and this world are based on other people's lies and their experiences and their truths, not yours. They've been passed on to you through your experiences and you've chosen to believe what you've chosen to believe based on your own. And those influences from other people and experiences from other people become your identity. And before you know it, you are now a byproduct of your environment. It's time to take back your power and find your purpose and bliss in this life. 
It's time to start looking forward to tomorrow by doing something today. Don't wait for the timing to be just right. Don't numb. Don't hide. Don't wait for everything to be just perfect before you start. Just start. And before you know it, you'll be well on your way to your summit, one peak at a time. So let's ignite that spark within you. Let's take back our power. Let's own our space on this beautiful planet and create a life worth living. Let's stop living in fear and start living in truth, your truth, because it's beautiful. Let's ring in the new year with unwavering faith that it is going to be our best year yet because the universe, it has your back. And so do I. I love you all. Thank you again for listening to my story, my truth. I can't wait to see what 2021 has in store for all of us. And I know that if we choose, it will be amazing. Love and light to you all. See you on the backside.